It's Friday night, which means it's time for another episode of the Friday Night Nicktoons podcast. I'm Ashley. And I'm Casey. Last week, we had Patricia back on, and we discussed some rejected Nicktoons pilots. We looked at three uh, sort of hidden shows to Ashley and I. We really didn't know anything about any of these shows, except that Aspen Vincent was in one of them from our interview with her. Uh, Had a lot of fun with this one. Yeah, we also sent out our weekly Twitter poll, and we asked you guys... Which rejected pilot do you think should have been made into a full show? Constant Pain won with 47% of the vote. Thunder Lizards had 33 and the Modifiers 20%. So overall, it was a fairly close range, I'd say, between the three of them. But Constant Pain, which I think was the most popular and most well-known of these three, did end up winning, which made sense. Yeah, and it's so hard to judge Thunder Lizards fairly because the animation is so much... It's from a such earlier time than the other two that it's really hard to compare the three, but I was happy to see Thunder Lizards pull out a second place, meaning uh, people still have some respect for the old school stuff. Alright, well this week we are on our 53rd episode, we are well into our second year of the Friday Night Nicktoons podcast, and we're looking at some basketball-themed episodes to celebrate the NBA Finals that are just about to start. Thanks as always for listening, now let's get started. Our first episode is from Fairly Odd Parents. It's called Oddball. It is from Season 3, Episode 12B, and it aired on October 13th, 2003. And in this one, Timmy is being very selfish with his V-Cube, which ends up exploding, and because of this, decides to get a job working for the Dimsdale Ball Hogs. Um, along with that, they end up being, you know, a pretty terrible ball-hogging team, doing really poorly, and it seems likely that the team will be moved to Alaska and there are many, many mentions of Blubber Nuggets. And I think that that about sums it up. So many mentions. Honestly, for that plot description, you could have just said, there are Blubber Nuggets in Alaska. <laughs> and it's like, yep, that's an accurate description of this episode. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they, they do. And, you know, we'll we'll get there. They, they have a cute little tie-in at the end that makes it a little bit more appropriate that they mentioned it yeah. so many times. But... Oh, but first, Ashley, at the very beginning of the episode, there's such an us moment when we were hardcore in our Animal Crossing phase, like uh, maybe a year ago, roughly. Uh, The episode starts out with this, you know, lovely nature montage outside of Timmy's house. Then we zoom in and Cosmo says, it's a perfect day for playing video games for 36 straight hours. (laughs) Yeah, that's pretty us. I'm not even going to lie. To be fair, sometimes I did play outside. Like, I brought my DS oh, outside yeah, because I felt terrible, but... I loved playing on the fire escape. But... But yeah, it's... We we needed help for a while you, there. You still kind of do. Well, okay, I play a little every day. I've almost got every gold medal, so we... Ashley and I get, got just as competitive over these medals as we do about trivia, so you can imagine. Yeah, it's kind of... And I I'm, feel like how, it, how this has gone for a long time is that... I will get very, very into it for short time periods, and I will, like, suddenly make up, like, more than the lost round that I've had, and then I will become immediately very uninterested and will completely forget that it exists. 
Slow and steady, man. Life's a marathon, not a sprint. But also, you were dominating me the whole time you were trying, so I can't even really talk. That's true. It, it just became less of a priority in my life, but maybe maybe I'll pick it back up. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. But, but in but in this game, yes. <laughs> uh, Timmy, get, Timmy gets to play as... Kind of similar to Animal Crossing. He's playing as himself as a basketball player. and uh, Oh, man. Animal Crossing, a... basketball. I would play it. I mean, come on, Nintendo Switch. E3, pressure's on. <laughs> Animal Crossing, basketball folk. <laughs> I would... I think they could do some great things with it, honestly. For real. But we have a great line. This is a great Cosmo, Wanda, and Timmy's dad episode. Wanda says, I'd hate to be the poor, oblivious, moronic sap who tries to get Timmy to share his game. And right on cue, enter Timmy's dad, who, of course, tries to get Timmy to share his game. Yeah, and then Timmy basically just acts like a rabid dog. And his dad responds with, looks like somebody wants to play the totally selfish kid 3000. Which is also great. And he takes the <laughs> sofa away, which is just so, so Timmy's dad. Just like, mine. Just like, fine, fine, that's fine. I guess I just, you can't have this household anymore. Like, right. And I think they find a really clever constraint on this episode that isn't very typical of Fairly Odd Parents, where Timmy's dad says essentially, you, uh, uh the, well, the, the VQ breaks. And he says, you can't afford to fix it, and it's not like you can just wish a new one. So now Timmy, you know, very directly knows that he can't just wish for another one, or his dad will get suspicious. Which doesn't quite hold up, because would Timmy's dad ever pay attention to something like that for more than, like, five seconds? They ignore the fact that Timmy's goldfish talk. Yeah, <laughs> you know? I mean, also, let's just say that he did notice. So? Like, yeah. what would that... Do you know what I mean? Like he he could just say internet, you know. Yeah, or like he could say like I don't know, like any number of excuses. Like it's not like he's immediately going to, you know. Despite that, though, I think I think it's an interesting take, as to set up, the the um, the episode. We also then reach this line that just spoke to my life right now, where Timmy's like, "What the heck am I supposed to do for money?" And his dad's like, "It's called a job." He's like, "Oh, what?" And that's like, that's me right now in life right now. I'm like, <laughs> I have to do what now for money? Yeah, Nobody told horrible. me this is how this works. Stay, you know, we had that stay in school kids episode. Uh, well, we're going to reiterate that, but mean it like lifelong, like get a PhD, do whatever. Just <laughs> not that that isn't work, but yeah, actually, I think it's, I don't know if the hours are even better, really. Oh, it's, it's certainly pretty bad. Not. Yeah. So just never grow up. That's the real advice. <laughs> and if you do grow up, then make podcasts to make you feel better make about podcasts. it. podcasts. Don't stop playing Animal Crossing. Don't stop watching As Told by Ginger. Don't stop dressing up as the little seal girl. Call back. <laughs> I am so glad that we're discussing so much of this episode right now. <laughs> yeah, we clearly want to talk about it. No, yeah, I do think this is this is a fantastic, fairly odd parents. Episode. I agree. I think it's one of the it's one of the most memorable ones of the show for me, mostly because it's a fantastic Doug Dimmodome episode, and uh, just the ball hogs as a concept is great. It's so simple but so effective and funny. It's my ball. This is my bench. They they are the pettiest in the way that Doug Dimidome mis describes them as this is my overpriced star player, and this is my other overpriced star player. Yeah, I, I do want to throw out here, and we see like a couple of games 
that it reminded me a little bit of the um, My Life as a Teenage Robot episode where the rules of football no longer existed for the sake of the game. <laughs> the rules of basketball do not exist for the sake of this game. Yeah. Cosmo and Wanda are both in play as basketball yeah, there's a, at the same time. There's a point where Timmy just like picks up like a giant like bin of basketballs and is just dropping them directly into the <laughs> net. Like what? Half of the game, the ball hogs are like they don't want to give up their seats, so there's not even other players on their team. <laughs> None of this would I happen. I love it, though. No other show could pull it off as well as Fairly Odd Parents. The ridiculous. Yeah, it, it works so, better for me somehow yeah. than the uh, than the My Life as a Teenage Robot one did. It's funny and ridiculous, you, and I feel like you could just feel it not taking itself seriously, and it's great, but... You know, but yeah, we don't we don't like to get too plot summary ish here, as you guys, I assume, have figured out by now. But one uh, gap to fill is that Timmy does he wants to be the ball boy for the ball hogs, and that's how he arrives at the stadium. That's the job that he's gonna get to pay yeah. for the V cube. Then he wishes that he could be a great basketball player until he has the money to buy the V cube back, which is you know classic timmy writes his own claws yeah. into the wish and he even says later i have got to be less specific with these wishes and i was like you think timmy you think yeah honestly he specifically says like at least until i get enough money for my new v cube that i never want to be this freakishly tall again which to be fair though i mean if he has the money for the v cube then like i guess it's not the end of the world if they don't win right does he really care if the ball hogs move to alaska they don't deserve Timmy. They all have horrible attitudes, including Doug Dimidome, who's a capitalist pig, but don't get me started. But, like, honestly, like, I don't know why he's so invested in them winning. I guess he just is. He's become a team player. Um, but, you, you know, and, oh, there's also this, this situation that we kind of see play out where, um, because odd parents can't interfere with competitions, right? And whatever, I guess. Um, which, retrospectively, I guess they can, though, right? Because Chester is totally a great baseball player and totally wins tons of those games. Oh, yeah, it's just another but I know that they mentioned that the rules are just totally nonsensical. Because th- they've mentioned Canadian. this one before as well. And the, the, the reference is, like, they say, like, oh, you know, the last minute is the only real competitive part of a professional basketball game. Which, as me and Casey have seen live in person, the last minute is pretty darn important. But he, he sure. ends up doing kind of funky things to kind of, like, hit the balls off of other players and stuff so that the other players are the ones that get the winning baskets. Um, right. I want to just, in terms of overarching moral of this episode, I think it's the best of all Fairly Odd Parents episodes that I've seen in recent memory because... The great irony that Timmy learns how to share by playing for the ball hogs, it's not the most subtle moral ever, but it's also not, they don't scream it at your face. It just sort of happens over the course of the episode, and I think it's just great. Yeah, I do too. I think, I think it's a good sort of, um, it's a good sort of change in Timmy where we see him not being so selfish, but it doesn't feel super... I don't know, like, it doesn't feel out of character. Like, it seems like it makes sense, you know? Like, he's kind of getting competitive, and that's sort of where this non-selfish spirit comes from. And I, I feel like it works. Absolutely. 
So now should we uh, we should wrap this segment up, but uh, blubber nuggets. Yeah, blubber nuggets, blubber nuggets, blubber nuggets. You know what I mean? They're chewy. <laughs> they are. Che- they are chewy. That's a great point. Um, yeah. Well, I guess they win. We should throw that one out there too. Just yes. Yeah. And th- there's I'm always skipping ahead of the like the actual payoff there's of the episode. This line that I I don't know just has stuck with me for ages is like he goes like. It's my ball to share. And it's like <laughs> the change up, right? Yeah. Um, and this is the Globetrotters music that accompanies them too. It's it's a fun parody of that sort of performance basketball. Yeah. That weird, it's half sport, half theater. It's so bizarre. But it's it's a lot of fun. This episode definitely is. Um, and yeah, we, we get it to play out. And it's like, tonight's episode was brought to you by... Uh, blubber nuggets. Mmm, they're chewy. So I guess, you know, again, it kind of wraps back to that. Oh, and we do get Timmy gives his dad the V-Cube. It's pretty sweet. Oh, it's adorable. Yeah, that he, yeah, that's sort of what I was getting at, but I didn't drive it all the way home. That, you know, he learns how to share his V-Cube because of his experience with the ball hogs. And it's a nice moment with, uh, with Timmy and his dad. And then, of course, Timmy's dad goes and hogs it, and it's classic. But he does give him the sofa, so, you know, it's a trade. Yep, it's a fair trade, I think. Um, All right, shall we move on? Yeah, I'm good on this one. Next up, we'll have an episode from Doug. Our second episode is from Doug. It's entitled Doug's Cool Shoes. It's from Season 1, Episode 7A, and originally aired on October 6th, 1991. Yeah, and in this episode, uh, Doug wants better shoes. That's literally it. There's nothing else of value in this episode. It's, but I don't know, Ashley, I hate to dive into it in the plot summary, but this is one of the worst episodes we've watched on the show. Yeah, I did not, you know, like, there's kind of a cute moral in there. Yeah. But yeah. I'll give it that. I okay, I'm going to go ahead and let's let's back this up a little bit. It is nowhere near as bad as preschool days. Oh yeah. Okay. I don't even count that, but <laughs> I'm just I just want to clarify that when we say one of the worst, I mean that in the sense that it is it is just not good, but it isn't like unwatchably painfully horrible. That's like I got true. through this just fine. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas preschool days, I wanted to cry. We're, we're not talking that level. Yeah, back, I was just I really bored. Agree. Yeah, that's yes. all. Yes. And it's just, um, I don't know, the characters on this show, they're just so tropey and caricature-y. And it's not even in a way that's like, oh, they invented the trope of, like, Roger, you know? They're, it's just, like, Doug is supposed to be this everyman, and it's like, his sort of, like, the show's implied, like, entitlement of Patty that he has, and, like... Patty does nothing except counter Doug. Except, okay, the baseball episode, she's pretty cool. But yeah, I was going to say, Patty, Patty, I think, and I can't be sure in general, but I think she's one of the better characters. Oh, for sure, Roger's, for sure. Roger's just, he's just trash. But the, the whole, every character exists to serve Doug, and it doesn't make sense to me. It's not how life works. Yeah, it's just kind of, I don't know. There, there's... I don't know. There's something to the sense of, like, I like the idea that they have here where, you know, it's real life in a cartoon and you're just kind of like, you know, it's not overly complicated. But I think 
as told by Ginger, does this sort of, you know, slice of life situation so much better. It does yeah. this sort of delving into the complications of being a teenage girl and all that so much better than what Doug does. And, you know, the animation I can forgive because it's early. And that's yeah. fine with me. But yeah. it's just... Yeah, so, so honestly, yeah... I guess to clarify, uh, the relation of this to basketball is that at the beginning he's playing a basketball game, at the end he's playing a basketball game. Um, it's not really a basketball-focused episode exactly, mostly just kind of about his shoes. I, I just don't even want to talk about this. <laughs> yeah, no, it's so inane and boring, and like, why like, make an episode about this? People make fun of his shoes. And then he decides that he needs to get new shoes, but then he doesn't have enough money for these shoes. And then Roger gets them, and these are, like, gigantic, overpriced, giant shoes. He meets the baseball, uh, not baseball, basketball player, who's, like, the brand of the shoes, right? The brand guy, and he's like, oh, hey, you've got some nice shoes there. They sign each other's shoes, it's kind of cute. And then Roger's shoes end up screwing him up, because they're way too big, and Doug very slowly and very unexcitingly shoots a basket and that's that's the entirety of everything that happens in this episode (laughs) yeah that was like excruciating detail what you just offered it doesn't sound like it and it does it shouldn't be but it is (laughs) like i felt like i almost made that more complicated than the episode actually was. <laughs> and I'm all you can tell a simple story well, and I don't think they do that here. Listen, we're not Doug haters, but no, uh, maybe also, maybe we say, are. Are we? <laughs> no, you know, I think one of the things that I really liked in the other one that we saw. Are we seeing two episodes for Doug this now? This is our third. Okay, I I remember for sure at least in one, but I think in both of them they have these fun kind of um imaginative moments, right, where we get in Doug's head. And he sort of imagines these these sort of fun scenes. And in this episode, we don't get as many of them, and they're not as good. Like, we get this imagination thing of his shoes being really sad, that he's getting rid of them, which I thought was kind of cute. But in general, I think that's what sort of keeps this show interesting to me, and I feel like there just wasn't quite enough. Oh, for sure. But, uh... Yeah, the first Doug episode we watched was Doug Didn't Do It, which I enjoyed. That was the one the... The, and I'm the hairy ape with the, with oh, the yeah, principal. Yeah, yeah. That was almost a full calendar year ago now. But that was and a then, good one. The baseball and then the one baseball is good one. too. So I don't, I don't think we hate Doug. I think in general I'm never like jumping up and down for joy. Like this is the best show of my life. But this episode specifically was just like, you know. Maybe we just need to find the gold nugget. Like, I didn't love Rocco's until we watched Wacky Deli, and now I, like, whenever I think about Rocco's, I kind of chuckle a little to myself, like, because that episode was so phenomenal. Yeah, you know, that's fair. I think, you know, I guess I'm going to throw out the same thing that we threw out for um, Invader's Zim, Zim, yeah. If, if someone of you really loves Doug, throw out three of the best episodes. I'll even say... And I think, from what I've understood, when it went to Disney, it got worse by most people's perspective. But if there is something that you love in the Disney section, again, I don't really know the differentiations there, but I'll even watch those, because I think it's of the same show, and that's close enough for me to be cool with it. Um, But yeah, throw out your favorite episodes. You don't even have to have three. Throw out one of them if you only have one, like, this episode of Doug is Fantastic, and uh, let us know. For sure. I will say I love Pork Chop. 
I think Pork Chop is great. Yes, he's so cute. So cute. So much better than uh, uh, Gur. <laughs> yeah. And poor, But at the end, when Doug is writing in his diary, which comes out of nowhere, the episode isn't really framed by it, is it? I don't remember it. Yeah, so I think the idea of it is is that everything that he's saying is him writing in his diary. Right, in general. but like, you think you would put it at the start and end of an episode and not that just at the end. But at regardless, I don't know if that's... Port, Doug keeps throwing, he's making basketball puns, and they're kind of funny. He starts making them, and then he gives up on them, and then he tears up the diary page, throws it on the ground, then pork chop sinks it in the garbage as, like, a basketball shot, and then Doug misses, and that's the end of the episode. So I guess it's kind of like a, yep, you thought maybe he'd be less awkward and good at basketball? You were wrong. He still sucks. That's what I got from that. Yeah, I mean, I guess I like that they don't... I mean, like, Doug, like, wins in this episode, so to speak, but he's not always, like, really, really winning, right? I like that they do keep him as a grounded character. Um, and, you know, he is just kind of that average guy. It's just not that interesting to watch, but I think, I'm sure there's, you know, it's relatable, I guess. It's just not thrilling. Yeah. I think that sums up everything I wanted to say. Anything you wanted to add? No, that's it. Alrighty then, up next we'll have an episode from Hey Arnold. Our third and final episode is from Hey Arnold. It's called Benchwarmers. It is from season one. It's episode 12A. And this one aired on December 25th, 1996. Very early classic Hey Arnold. Also kind of funny, it was aired on Christmas. Didn't realize that. Anyways. Oh yeah, weird. <laughs> No relation to the holiday whatsoever. In this one, we um, get to see Coach Wittenberg, who is, I don't even know, we'll, we'll describe him more as it goes on, but basically he is the basketball coach that they have, and he is determined to make his son Tucker the star player and pretty much only player on this basketball team. And his entirety of his coaching strategy is just telling them to pass the ball to Tucker, and as you can imagine, this gets pretty tiresome for the rest of the members of the team, so, uh, you know, they they deal with that in the ways that they do. <laughs> yeah, I like this episode. It's probably in my bottom half of Hey Arnold episodes, but that puts it in, like, the top half of most other, of, like, total Nicktoons, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, I'll stand by that. Um, I, um, there's I want to say three episodes, there might be more, where Coach Wittenberg shows up, and I do like the other ones a little bit more, but in all of them we basically just see that he is a very, very competitive man, and in this one specifically competitive and very attached to his son, and I feel like we we do always kind of, you know one of these people in your life, right, the person who's convinced that their son, their child is the greatest thing that's ever happened in the world and that nobody else should be a part of anything and you know it's kind of sad because I'm pretty sure this is just like a park district league or something I don't know like it's a it's a for fun kind of a thing like they have a tournament and everything but it's not like a professional thing it's ridiculous and we've all anyone who played sports growing up either had a coach like this or experienced parents like this and i need to go on a slight tangent here ashley so forgive go me for it. <laughs> 
But there, it, it really, I've been thinking a lot about this sort of in 2017, the, the high amounts of criticism of, you know, so-called participation trophies and the, like, spoiling of America's youth. And I think it's from guys like this, like this coach in this episode. And I think it's so full of garbage because, first of all, it's that generation who gave out the participa participation trophies in the first place. Second of all, nobody read into them too much. Third of all, if anything, there's a problem of kids being pushed too hard today, and similarly to Tucker in uh, this very episode. So, I don't know, it just got me thinking about that whole class of parents and how tiresome and ridiculous it is. Like, what do those parents have to be feeling about their past childhoods that makes them put a kid through something Yeah, like and, and again, like you said, I think for the most part, getting a participation trophy was more of just something that you would have to know. Like, you know, you'd, you'd keep it as a memory of being on the team or whatever, but I don't think anybody was proud of getting the trophy for that. No. It was just a thing you had. It was a souvenir. Right. It doesn't make you try any less. It doesn't go, well, I'm already a winner. Yeah, so. like, and... Ugh, so annoying. And also, I mean, like, obviously there's a balance to it, right? I'm sure there are some kids who are pampered too much by their ch their parents and that happens. For sure. But at the same time, I think you see a lot of these sort of overbearing, crazy types of parents, and those are definitely... Yeah definitely still the prominent world is competitive enough can't we just like put some love back into it yeah and and wittenberg is not the man to be putting the love there uh <laughs> no <laughs> no he is not and uh yeah i do love the line when he's saying all right well we're gonna put tucker in he's gonna be starting he would have been the mvp last season if it hadn't been for the voting <laughs> i just love that line it's like well then i guess what does that what does that even mean <laughs> <laughs> like oh god and the fact that there is voting for like yeah. a like a kids league like mvp what that's nonsense but if there were an mvp that was designated by voting then i mean like isn't that what it is it all of it it's this is just yeah and i think again yeah. you do see that stupid politics and you see those parents get stupid involved in that stuff and it's i think Although he is a bit of a caricature, I think Wittenberg is very real. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, he's over the top, but he's, yeah, represents someone real. He does, it is funny, too, how they make him really bad at language. <laughs> he says, like, all right, now our strategic strategy, blah, blah, blah. And then he says, uh, the suppository of the team's strategy will proceed as thusly. The first of all, saying suppository is great. Yeah, I think, <laughs> I think he very much kind of, uh, embodies that that person who's trying to sound really, really smart, but they're not, yeah. and they... It's like, have you have you seen the subreddit, I am very yes. smart? <laughs> it's exactly like yeah, that. Yeah, and he, uh, you know, he's just trying to make up for it, and, and I think he also has a bit of that people talk loud when they want to sound smart, right? Correct! <laughs> uh, but, but he kind of embodies that as well. And, you know... At the beginning, I do feel bad for his son and the pressure that's being put on him. But then, so, so, he's getting, you know, defense is pretty harsh on them, probably because they realize he's the only one getting passed to. And Arnold throws the ball to somebody else. And I think it's Gerald who shoots it in. And Wittenberg gets all mad because he's like, only Tucker is supposed to make shots. And he starts... Which is just just a bad strategy. Yeah, it's dumb, right? You, you don't only have one player shoot, because then again, defense would just go on him, which is what happens, but whatever, whatever. Um, 
Man. So Arnold gets benched for like the rest of forever, which again, just terrible, terrible all around. But he still agrees to help Tucker with his free throw shots. And he spends like hours, we see him going through like this montage of, of training. And um, then Tucker ends up making a free throw and his dad's really proud of him for his improvement. And he's like, all on your own, right? And when Tucker here could have given Arnold the credit, he's just like, yep, all my own. And I'm like, Tucker, I I get the idea of he wants his dad to be proud of him, but like his dad can simultaneously be proud of you and know that Arnold helped you, right? Like, yeah, it's not like Arnold's taking the shots. Right. Like getting coached isn't, doesn't mean that you're not good at something. It just means that you needed to practice and that he helped you practice. Which literally everyone needs a coach, like no matter what, a, how big of a like prodigy you are. So that Man. that I was, I was a little ticked oh, off. But what what's funny is when Ashley and I, some of you might know, we went to some March Madness games when she was in town. Uh, co- wow, a couple months ago at oh, this wow. point, and uh, I guess yeah, about two months. And one of the players on, I think it was Baylor, shot underhand, and. Uh, I remember poking around on, I think, Reddit after, or maybe it was Twitter, and someone said, oh, man, this guy shoots like Arnold in that Hey Arnold episode. <laughs> I think it's funny, because Arnold does. He shoots yeah. underhand, and I don't think they really mention it, right? He just, he just does. does it. He just does it, and that, that ends up being how Tucker does it, because he learns it from him. I, right. I want to say, and I could be wrong, and he would correct me on this. I'll, I'll have to ask. I want to say my brother, Josh, because he played basketball back in high school a little bit. I don't know if he actually did his free throws like this or if he just like practiced them like it once I'm, I'm blanking on it but I know that huh. that to some extent for some people it does just end up working better I guess like you know if it works it works so for sure but like the way he fr- like he's not it is kind of one of those things like you know fake hacking on tv shows where it's like that that old joke I'm in you know where you just press a bunch yeah. of buttons randomly it feels kind of like that where Arnold just says, what does he say, like, be one with the ball yeah, or something like it's that? it's a little cheesy. I uh, think... There's no technique in that. There's no, like, and I get it, the mental game is important, but there's no way that makes you go from a 0% free throw shooter to 100%. No, but we'll allow it for the sake of this episode, I guess. Um, yeah. You know, it's fine. And I, I think if you ignore that and accept that maybe, you know, Arnold was just coaching him on his shot and it made it a lot better... That that's still a possibility, right? Like, he still could have helped him significantly, minus all of the hacking, so to speak. Um, yeah. But we do end up getting, it's kind of cute, um, Tucker, I forgot, I think it's like he fakes an arm injury or some kind of an injury. He's like, oh, I, I can't make this last shot. I, I guess you're going to have to put Arnold in. And it's like very clear that it's not a real injury and he's just doing it because he, you know sort of realizes that he was wrong and does want to be a team player now. And it is, it's a heartwarming little, little tidbit there. But then there's this last move that I feel like is just so risky. So they're down by one and Arnold's making a free throw. And uh, there's, I don't know, some very short time left in the game. And Arnold decides to intentionally miss the the free throw but again you have to miss it in a way that it's still hitting the rim right so he like hits the ball off of the rim 
gets it to his teammates and they have some special play so that he can shoot it in and get two and win. But, like, I feel like that's got to be a very difficult shot to make. The off-the-rim specific to a specific person shot. It works out very nicely. It's one of those moves where, like, if it goes wrong, everyone blames Arnold and is like, what were you thinking? Because it uh, went right. (laughs) It went right, so he's a hero. Yeah. Yeah. That's like even the the uh, general, the president of baseball operations for the Cubs, he's renowned as this hero for ending the Red Sox and the Cubs drought. But even he said like, hey, if one hit goes five feet to the left, I look like a total fraud. Right. You know? uh, but, you know, it all works out. And again, we, we do see too at the very end, Wittenberg talks about how, you know, everyone's going to pass the ball to everyone and then pass the ball to Tucker. Who will pass it to everyone else? And it's... Yeah, it's cute. It's kind of similar. Actually, strikingly similar to It's My Ball to Share. (laughs) (laughs) Very, very similar in that thing. And I mean, not exactly, but similar um, premise, right, of... Yeah, the misdirection, the, you know, formerly selfish person shows they've changed. Yeah, and... Uh, that's that pretty much sums up everything I want to say here. I think it's a cute episode. I think, like I said, I think it might be the first Wittenberg. I'm not positive on this one. I, it's definitely the first one we watched on this show. But either way, it introduces him well. He's he's yeah. a, just a real guy. And the episode does come across as real. Brings me back to my Park District basketball days. Oh, for sure. God, yeah, I was thinking the same thing. And this is our 19th Hey Arnold episode, which ties it with Spongebob. Both are at 19 of how many episodes or movies we've done. And uh, kind of interesting that it's our first Coach Wittenberg episode, even though we've done, you know, a hefty percentage of the show at this point. Yeah, I guess it's just that we haven't done any bowling episodes or uh, synchronized (laughs) swimming episodes to get it worked in there, but... (laughs) Yeah, maybe we'll have to do a special on him, but maybe I'll just go on a rant the whole time, and no one wants yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, though to be fair, if people are consistently wish listening to the show and don't like us ranting, I don't know what they're here for, because that's 95% yeah, of our show. Your, you must hate yourself. Yeah, that's like our <laughs> whole shtick, yeah. Uh, okay, I guess uh, you're good. You're good here? Yeah, I am good. Let's move on to our conclusion with our fun fact. Twitter poll and preview for next week. So Arnold tells Tucker in his coaching session that there are 9,366 little dots on the basketball. That sounded off to me. I was like, it's so oddly specific. I don't know if it's higher or lower, but Ashley fact-checked it, and uh, it is really 35,000 little dots on a basketball. So pretty far off. He was uh, almost four times off. Yeah, and and it's not even exactly 35,000 is the funny thing. Like, there isn't actually an exact number of little dots on the basketball. It's just sort of there's, like, an approximate per area, right? And, like, that area over the ball equals approximately 35,000. So I don't know where they came up with that 9,366. I don't know who decided that that was the number they were going to say, but um, does not appear to be right whatsoever. So Arnold needs to check his facts next time. Um. We've also got our Twitter poll for this week. We want to know, would you rather play basketball for Doug Dimmodome or for Coach Wittenberg? 
And, uh, you know, I think they both have their faults. And, you know, you can decide if you want end game Coach Wittenberg or beginning game Coach Wittenberg. You know, think about it however you want. And uh, you can just assume you get blubber nuggets if you play for Doug Dimmodome. Absolutely. Tons of them. All right. Well, next week, we'll be focusing, bringing our focus back to Rugrats, which we haven't really talked about in a while. We're doing a concept that we call from babies to preschoolers to teenagers. Uh, So you can kind of figure out what that means, even though this wasn't the chronological order of the shows in their release. We are going to go from Rugrats to preschool days. (laughs) We're just we're just going to do it. This is the sacrifice we do for you guys to all grown up. So uh, it'll be an interesting journey. We're going to try to pick three episodes that are somewhat similar in narrative and just kind of follow them through their lives. Yeah, and I think this will be a fun one to really look. You know, we've talked about both of the shows. We talk about the differences between them when we watch them, but I think it'll be fun to watch it as a through line. So I'm looking forward to that. Well, thanks as always, you guys, for listening, and we'll see you next week.